0: Well, Scott Kalen of Kaelin and Kalen, the maker of gorgeous pickles. Pickles are among my most favorite foods in the whole entire world. But you have a lot to tell us about your company and your background. I mean, where where do you hail from and, and how did you get where you are now and well, what was your interest in pickles? There's so much you have to tell us.
1: We might need more than a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was a born and bred New Yorker. uh, Well, we can tell that from your accent. (laughs) 50 50 years of my life, and um, I spent that first 50 years actually in the fashion industry, um, not in the food business, and always had a tremendous passion for food,
2: though.
0: Okay, but what kind of fashion was it?
1: Um, So for the beginning of my career, um, I owned sourcing businesses that uh, sourced uh, product for mostly women's fashions in Asia for manufacturers and retailers in the U.S. And then for the last 15 years prior to getting into the pickle game, (laughs) <laughs> um, I, had a com- I had a company uh, called Champion System, which made custom technical apparel for cyclists, triathletes, and runners. That was a okay, global business based so you are a sports based in Asia. person, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah.
0: And then suddenly you had a revelation. Tell us about that.
1: Well, I found myself uh, moving to Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, my wife has been a very successful uh Executive in Intimates and she was offered a position at Lululemon, which is based oh, really? in Vancouver. And my kids were older and I went up with her on uh, her final interview and honestly fell in love with the city. And told her that if she got the job, I'd be willing to move up here, which she was quite surprised being, you know, living my entire life in New York. We had a home there and lots of friends, but there was something about Vancouver I found very appealing and she got the position and we moved up there. Um, and I did fall, I fell in love with the city. Um, very
0: cosmopolitan
1: place. Oh, it's wonderful. It's just a wonderful, wonderful place. Uh, really good quality of life and i always say i think i became my best person up there um the only thing i missed and my kids always get mad at me because they don't say the only thing i missed was them because they were still in new york <laughs> but the only thing i really missed was pickles um <laughs> it was a great it's very funny but it was a great food scene um in vancouver but yeah. i literally could not find an edible pickle and i think when you can't find something, you realize how much you actually loved and consumed something. And in hindsight, I realized I always had a refrigerator full of pickles. I always ate a lot of pickles. And I literally could not find a pickle that I would want to put across my lips. I even drove down to Seattle because I heard about a pickle place down there. And I was just... I could and it's very crazy, but I couldn't find. Well, a I
0: feel the same way about pickles. That's <laughs> why I perked up when I saw you. <laughs> and, and, your and I said to my company. wife because
1: I've I've been an entrepreneur my entire life, and I said I should bring pickles here from New York, and she looked at me like I was crazy, but <laughs> she knows I've done some crazy things, and I started thinking about it a little. I didn't do much on it, and I went on a hike with one of my because my wife's actually Canadian, so she was born in Calgary, and. She reconnected with an old friend. Oh, no, there's and we on a, on a, there is
0: a great city, Calgary. Oh, jeez. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my. And we, yeah. we went on a hike, and during this hike I mentioned this whole pickle circumstance, and the gentleman that was there was from the east coast of Canada, and he also said, you know what, it's amazing. I love pickles, and I haven't been able to find a good pickle on the west coast either. So at the end of the day I said to him, maybe we should do this together. Just left the day like that. And he has a branding background. And the next morning, my um, inbox was filled with a lot of creative ideas. And I called him up and I said, look, I said, the Pickle Festival on the Lower East Side of Manhattan is next weekend. If you really are interested in doing this, why don't – because I didn't even know how to make a pickle. I just knew I loved pickles, and I had this concept to do all these flavors. I wanted to do something different, kind of elevate what the pickle actually was. Uh So he said sure, and I still was running my clothing company, and he had a small website-building business, and we flew to New York and spent two days – Speaking to and talking to all these picklers and trying all these different pickles, and I, I found someone uh, that was a third-generation pickler. Um, I said, "Look, I want to create these flavors. I want to do this interesting thing in Canada. We don't know what we're doing." And spent a lot of time with him, and he agreed to um, to work with us and develop all these flavors. And there's a place uh, called Granville Island, which is very similar to the original farmers market. Los Angeles, where we I uh, have my retail location here, um, and unbeknownst to us, they got nine million visitors a year. It was the second most visited um, attraction next to Niagara Falls in all of Canada. Mm-hmm. And I convinced uh, their board, which because the the, the um, property is owned by the province by the government, to let us build a pickle tasting bar. And they gave us 138 square feet in the middle of an aisle and said, you know what, this sounds like a really interesting concept. You guys are doing something that no one's ever done before. And they gave us uh, a license to basically open this pickle tasting bar. So we built a 138-square-foot bar, freestanding bar, that paid homage kind of to the Lower East Side. And I convinced this uh, pickle person to uh, – do a pallet of pickles for us so we did three flavors and it was about 6600 cucumbers so 6600 pickles between the three flavors we opened this location in february of 2017 with no employees no plan but we had this location we had pickles and in six days we sold all 6600 pickles <laughs> six days Go ahead. Just so it, we knew we had something going on. We shut down for two and a half weeks, brought in two pallets of pickles, so just shy of 13,000 cucumbers, <laughs> and that lasted for 10 days. That was it.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, my. So, yeah, it's crazy.
2: So to it make long crazy. story
1: short, over a two-year period, um, we opened a second location, got into probably 60 or 70 Grocery stores, got into about 50 restaurants, and we had, you know, and I was at the point, we were still running our other businesses, I stepped down because this was something I really fell in love with doing. Um, I was at a stage in my career where I really thought I was going to slow down, and this was a goofy idea, um, but it was something that I really felt passionate about, and it was fun.
0: So, Why do people think pickles are funny? I mean, you get this reaction a lot.
1: Yeah, oh, I've heard it all. I've heard it all. Well, it's interesting
0: because <laughs> you'll hear know, where the story goes makes it even more interesting.
1: So we decide if this is going to be a real business, we have to go into the U.S. because, you know, Canada, you know, Southern California has as many people as the entire country of Canada. So we look up and down the West Coast for the best place to go. And we settle on the original farmers market by the Grove in West Hollywood. Very similar vibe to the original farmers, to to the, uh, to Granville Island where we started. And it takes us a year to get this, now this one's 198 square feet, (laughs) a little bit bigger. Um, and it takes us a year to get everything open and get, and get it built. Very difficult to, you know, to get things started and opened in Los Angeles. And we actually opened uh, in February of 2020, four weeks oh, before great the timing. entire world great timing! Great <laughs> timing. Now, we had one of the best openings, we've been told, in the 85 years history of the market. So there was a lot really? of excitement. And when everything went crazy, I made the decision that because the, the market is kind of indoor outdoor, so we were able to stay open. And I had to get rid of my staff of six and I made the commitment to say, you know what? We're part of the community. We had such a great start. I'm going to, I'm going to stay open. And instead of being open seven days a week, I stayed open six days a week and I was by myself seven or eight hours a day in this pickle bar. And you know what? It was the best decision I ever made because the Mm -hmm. local community really swarmed around to support us.
0: And was that I because they don't have good pickles in California?
1: Well, the West Coast has no good pickles until us. They don't. We've I've learned that. I searched. It's a West. It, it definitely the West Coast was was hurting. So <laughs> I would get phone calls from people saying, "How many pickles do I have to buy this week to make sure you don't close?" So it was very <laughs> heartwarming. It was amazing, actually. And then. And this is the last part of the how the story came about, and uh, you know, we can talk about the pickles and stuff. So this was the interesting thing. My my wife turned around to me, and she said, you know, I've seen you successful, I've seen you fail, I've seen you stressed. She goes, I've never seen you unhappy. She goes, there's something about what you're doing and that you're not happy. And I sat back and reflected, and I realized that I was unhappy in my business partnership. And my partner was a great guy but we just we were very, very, very different in how we function, where we wanted the business to go. And I did this business because it was something I loved. So I called him up out of the blue and I said, Look, I said, I'm not happy. I believe that we're gonna fail if we stay together because I just don't think we're on the same path. And I made him a phenomenal, phenomenal, probably not the smartest financial decision, but a great <laughs> offer because this was about my quality of life and loving what I was doing. It wasn't just about money. Mm-hmm. And I said, let's separate, keep, keep Canada, I'll keep the U.S., we'll rebrand, and you keep the website, I'll start everything over, but I'll just keep the retail location. And that happened um, in, actually in June. And I rebranded, and, our, our, and this gives you some idea. The tagline of the old business was East Coast Taste, West Coast Vibe. And my business partner in every interview, he uh, only used to say one thing. We take our pickles very seriously. And to me, <laughs> I realized what we were doing was we were making people happy. That's what I was doing with my pickles. So the tagline went from East Coast, West Coast Vibe to happiness in every crunch. <laughs> that's
0: good, yeah.
1: That's where we are now, and now yeah, I have a, that, that tells a
0: lot of difference between your personalities, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, that's very uh, much, so. very uh, much. So. Hold on just a second. I want
2: I want to ask you a couple of questions here because, of I've,
0: course, I haven't
2: I, have I haven't looked at every pickle, although Anne has looked at every pickle. I have not looked at every pickle, but I have two two questions about pickles. Sure. Being be, being a being a, a, a British extraction, we we love our pickles in England be, better than people do in California, better than people do in, in Canada. The gherkins, old. the gherkins. And, and, uh, well, yeah, yeah. and w- what, one of the things that we could never find, we still have not found it in the United States, are pickles like they sell in fish and chip shops and places like that, which are very large,
0: Large brown,
3: oh, oh, oh,
2: almost as big as a golf ball.
0: Yep. Onions. Onions. Brown onions. onions.
2: And when, I mean, when when I when I go stay with my brother and and his wife, and they two have three children. They they stock up with pickled onions before we get there, <laughs> and, and there's usually a need for a store for a store run halfway through our visit. <laughs> I love but it. <laughs> there, there's, a, there's, a, there's another pickle which I, which I loved, which we always got at my Aunt uh, Joe and Mary's house, which is called Piccololi. I mean, my grandmother mustard, used to make mustard, that. It's, it's a sweet mustard pickle. Now, th- there is there is a sweet mustard pickle in the collection you sent us, but I don't know if it's the same thing.
0: lily is so, different from my grandmother and they yeah.
1: I, I'm not familiar with that pickle, to be honest. And I will Good. tell you though, that honey mustard pickle is our number one seller. Um, well, the um, honey
0: mustard is a big seller, period.
1: And I personally, this is interesting. I'm not. I don't like sweet pickles, but we I make a either. bread and butter that does very well. I don't. I don't personally eat it. It is never. I never grew up with sweet pickles. It wasn't something that I really enjoyed. The honey mustard pickle, however um is because it's sweet and tangy and we actually this is this is the greatest thing about that pickle so when people come to visit our pickle tasting bar where they can sample everything there's usually always one person that's standing off and that's the person i love because that's the person that thinks they hate pickles (laughs) and that honey mustard pickle and this is and i will take this to anywhere it's a true figure 98 percent of people who believe they hate pickles like that honey mustard pickle. We call it the converter. (laughs) It it converts the non-pickle lovers. And it it just amazes me. And, and, you know, we, we do a lot of different things um, with the brines and the pickles to create recipes outside of just normally eating the pickle. Because we think we took the pickle to a different level with all the flavors we did. And there's different cocktail mixes that we yes. have, have figured out and different, different, all different types of recipes to use the brines. Um,
0: yes. I, I love dill, so pickles, in. dill pickles in, in and Bloody Mary mix. Do you do those?
1: Put my horseradish pickle brine. One I'm shot the of I the said. horseradish pickle brine in there and a pickle makes a great Bloody Mary. The jalapeno okay. will make the greatest, dirtiest martini you've ever had. Really? 50% vodka, 25% jalapeno brine, 25% green olive juice, a jalapeno, <laughs> a pickle, and an olive.
0: That's my kind of dirty martini. You'll be
3: very happy. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I'm the kind of person that um, that actually sips the, the pickle juice. You know what I mean? The brine.
1: It's good for you.
0: It is. It's good great for you. For you. Yeah, I know. I know. I love pickles. So, yes, me but too. Now, who makes your pickles?
1: So we have two facilities that we work with. Who um, does
0: the R and D? Let's start with that. I do the
1: R and D. I okay. mean, I work through it with we have we have we have two packers that we work with, and we uh, go over the ideas and do massive amounts of tastings. And um, it's interesting because I swore I would never do anything but the pickled cucumbers, and we recently, which I'll be happy to send you, I didn't wasn't able to put in that package. We just released sauerkraut. Um, oh, I'm, I'm it, crazy.
0: We get sauerkraut every week. I mean, I I, well, well, I love sauerkraut.
1: I did a mustard sauerkraut and a sriracha sauerkraut, which what, is
0: what's the one we get, rather, from Cleveland, Cleveland Just as a, just as a research
2: project for you, it's called Kraut from Cleveland, it's from Cleveland, yeah. Ohio, and it's the only good thing to ever come out of Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I have, all I our actually, fans are going
2: to love I that,
0: that I, comment
2: when they all But it's <laughs> been it's been
1: the development process is always fun, um, and I think one of the you know having our pickle tasting bar makes something it, the experience is great. I think one of the things that's a big concentration for us is our e-commerce business. Um, so yeah, we do I was going to accru- say, ship you, still, but, yeah, you sh-
0: still have the bar in the, mar- in the market in Los Angeles.
1: Yes, 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 okay, we do. Okay, so you also have you-
0: huge e- e-commerce, right?
1: Correct. And then we're – see, one of the things that I'm not planning on doing right now, which was the only focus that my ex-business partner wanted to do, was to get into grocery. Oh, yeah. Um, now, we're not – I'm not a manufacturer. So when you can't control your own manufacturing, I don't believe that in this world, in the food world, because I did it in the clothing industry, it's very difficult to to really build a business and a profitable business. Um, But if you go on the website, you can see we created these bags of chips, and they look like a masonry jar, but they're actually a bag. And it's a kind of grab-and-go item. So those just started getting sold in LAX, in the airports, in three terminals. You're talking terminals about pickle
0: LAX. chips.
1: Correct, pickle, pickle chips. chips. Yep. They're actual yep. pickle chips in brine where people can grab them when they're getting like a sandwich or a snack in the airport. Yeah. Plus, Great. it allows people to take it on the plane because it's through security. Um, okay.
2: Oh, okay. All right.
1: And then one of the other things we're doing, which is going to change on our website um, very shortly, our packaging is going to change. That's going to because we do so many flavors. A lot of times people can't buy a full deli court of five or six flavors. They don't even have the room in their refrigerator, but they don't even know if it's something that they enjoy. So once we redo the website in the next few weeks, we're going to start offering a smaller. So basically, we do a deli court, a 32 ounce, and we're going to have a 16 ounce option for the pickles as well which will then allow people to be able to try all the different flavors. Um, so that will all be available on the e-commerce site uh, probably sometime in February.
0: Wow. Well, I mean, it's really evolved quickly, hasn't it? I mean, really, yes, you, it's, you go after something and wholeheartedly. And your son is now your partner, I read somewhere.
1: No, um, I have two daughters, actually. Um, oh, your daughters. partner. It, but, well, Kaelin and Kaelin is actually both me. Um, they're the two different lives that I've led. And I know it sounds like a law firm. <laughs> <but> <laughs> it does, <I>
0: do,
1: actually. <laughs> or worse, an
0: accounting firm. firm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I think is kind of fun
1: because then people go and see, you know, it, it, it's. but it, they are both. My kids are um, – so my wife actually – also, extremely successful. She launched a business. Um, she's probably one of the three most experts in the world on bras, um, which is very funny Not in bra. its own because I own a pickle business and my wife owns a bra business. So, <laughs> I Have a lot of fun with that one. Uh,
3: so she launched her,
1: her company actually at the same time that I launched the business here in New York. And then uh, my my two daughters are uh, again quite successful in their own way. Twenty three and twenty seven. My younger one works for my wife which is her stepmom so that says a thing right there alone yeah, that they right. Have a relationship beyond even liking each other she works for her mm-hmm. and my older daughter actually works for Anheuser-Busch um, okay. she's been working for them since she left college so uh, a, a lot of a family of go-getters
0: yeah family well go-getters. Um, I, I've read some really funny um, business plans for people making bras <laughs> Oh, I don't yeah. remember <laughs> why I got involved with that. I think it was from my my women business course. <laughs> here's, here's a question for you: Does does your
2: daughter know the reason why they decided one year they were going to have a commercial, and it was about the Budweiser, the Budweiser horses, and they were and they were uh, playing
1: football? I'm sure she, actually. I'm sure she could because she's a, she's actually a senior director at their. Um, The director at uh, their marketing division. So, and she got there right out of college. I got into their management program um, directly out of school. So she's she's been there for quite a long time and has gotten many promotions in a quick period of time as well. So I could ask her for you.
0: Well, you can tell I'm very proud of (laughs) them. Isn't um, um, Bill what's his name, the the late artist? Didn't he do that plane? the plane ad for Anheuser-Busch with the World War One uh, pilot. Didn't he do that oh, with I'm not Jonathan sure. Winters? Oh, I mean, I mean
2: Critchfield. Yeah, Bill Critchfield. Well, was, I don't think it was Anheuser-Busch. Right? I don't, oh, I thought I don't it was. I don't remember okay. who it was. They, 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 lined, they lined up the teams of horses. And uh, the tagline was they usually go for two Oh, I'm. you only, only know that the importance of that if you're a football fan
0: yeah well I, I don't know the importance of it but uh, let's get back to this business here is how many types of pickles do you have
1: so we always have between 10 and 11 flavors um, okay. we run three flavors that are fermented Um, So a full sour, half sour, and blazing sour. So full Mm -hmm. sour is the traditional New York deli pickle. Uh, Super sour, not as always as crunchy, continues to change because it's fermented. Half sour um, is basically like a fresh salted cucumber. Some people call them half done. Um,
0: And then... Refrigerator pickles, they call them too, right?
1: Yep, they're all refrigerated pickles. And yeah. then blazing sours is the full sour with a red Thai chili pepper. Um, and then every, no, all the have, other ones are brine. We have one of those,
0: Um I think so. I think so, too. You know, one of the things that I like about <laughs> your pickles, do you realize how many picklers make pickles in plastic containers that are impossible to open? <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, they have things you pull off of the plastic, and then you can never get them lined up to get them reclosed. I, I don't understand. And they said there was a problem with um, people making jars for pickles. I'm trying to get you to throw them away, so you buy
2: another one. Well, we're,
1: it's funny because we're, we're, we're not changing to the one that you can't get off, but I am changing to a lock lid um those obviously you know anything you mean like so can difficult you pull off well you, pull ju- off. you can just pull it off and once it's all yeah. it, it won't it will it'll be actually easier to open than these because these are quite difficult to open because we tighten them so hard um yeah i have having a problem be,
0: with these wonderful vinegars that somebody sent us we ended up, we had to resort to a, a corkscrew to get the oh, vinegar bottle open. That will not, that will not happen. That will not happen. Don't worry. <laughs> that will not.
1: Because I also wanted to be able to use a smaller size. So that's why um, we went with the new containers that we're right. using okay um and it's you know just getting anything these days is so so difficult and you know. probably this is something you you might not know last year was one of the biggest um cucumber shortages in the in, in the last hundred years
0: really wow. Cucumbers.
1: yes between COVID and the weather, it was really a lot of people didn't notice, but there were a huge shortage in the stores, and also very, very bad consistency and size of cucumbers
3: that yeah. were out
1: there. So it was—it hasn't been easy to keep things going, but we held fast and we're doing well. Could you, could you please
0: well. investigate um, the English style? Uh, brown onion pickles for Peter because
3: it's, it's will, really hard will, carrying
0: jars of pickles back from the UK. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I will,
1: I will definitely do that. Well, it's you know it's interesting because I know you guys had mentioned to me that you have a, you know a very big international following, and that's one of the fun things about the retail location because it is a both places where where I started the business and where it is now in LA is a destination. So we get people from around the world. All the yeah. time okay. my, my pickles have traveled everywhere um, people have put them in their suitcases and sent us iconic pictures um, <laughs> from the UK from Asia the only place it's very it's very difficult to get into Australia because they have uh, very very stringent rules of getting yeah well, kind of we,
0: we still live in Australia and you couldn't even cross the state line with fruit from another state. Yeah, exa- exactly
1: exactly but yeah, everywhere else, fly.
0: My, it's about fruit flies. Pickles have been all over the world, <laughs> which is well, which is so much fun. Yeah, we. So much fun. Somebody somebody was, had a um, who was it? it had a big map, and and they they put um, what are those pins you know that we used to use? Right. Yeah, this, it's, what are those called? I don't even remember. But anyhow, in every place where um, they had shipped um, their product. And oh, it was so dense you couldn't even see it. You ought to do that in your shop in your retail
1: site. Well, it was interesting, and for if you have any listeners in Hawaii or Alaska, which is usually a lot of times, we've shipped to both Hawaii and Alaska with no issues.
0: Oh, most people which, don't. Which, that's good. Good, good.
1: Which made me very happy. Yeah, they they they
0: made it. <laughs> good. Now tell give me, uh, give us uh, your website so we can post it.
1: So it's very simple. It's just Kaylin, K-A-Y-L-I-N, and then AND, A-N-D, and Kaylin again, K-A-Y-L-I-N.
0: Okay. Com. Dot com. Dot com, correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. See, so we get all these kind of odd dot things. Um. Well, I mean, I I think it's a fascinating story, and you sound happy with what you're doing, and it's going to be interesting, you know, where you go next with it, because your two um, your tracks that you're going to pursue sound really interesting. Um, again, Scott Kalen of Kaelin and Kalen Pickles, <laughs> I'm so glad I found you. <laughs> and no, and and Peter, this is, this is
1: this was very enjoyable, and it, you know what it it, it is. And I appreciate you seeing it coming through. I really love what I do, and I I discovered, especially at this stage of life, it's really important to to really, if you're fortunate enough, to really enjoy what you do every day, and I I really do.
0: Especially right right after two years of this pandemic. (laughs)
1: Correct. Correct. You know what? People need pickles in their lives to make them happy yeah well
0: i'm glad the japanese feel the same way i mean i think you ought to encourage pickles for breakfast like the japanese have Uh,
1: we every morning when we're open i always hear people going it's too early or it's going to ruin my coffee and i i I do everything (laughs) in my power to 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 convince them that
0: it won't (laughs) only
1: enhance it (laughs) that
0: that ice cream company ought to get them to do pickle ice cream. I've always wanted to do eggplant ice cream and nobody wants to just do it. <laughs> oh, well. Funny taste, Scott, Caitlin. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us, and uh, hopefully you'll get back to us when you get your new stuff going.
1: I will, and, and it's my pleasure, and I will keep in touch, and I'll also send you guys some sauerkraut shortly.
0: Oh, yeah, sauerkraut, too. I love sauerkraut. Uh, there's <laughs> one we're using currently.
1: Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net.
0: Um, next up is, welcome back.
2: You we have to put Melissa in there. I don't think so. Fucking... What catch are we you doing? We just... Want to, I just wanted to make sure we were in the right place. Well,
0: are we? Yes,
2: yeah, because one of our favorite people. You did, I don't know that you said welcome back.
0: I can't remember if you said welcome back. Next up, one of our most favorite people is Robert Schuller from Melissa's, and he's going to tell you what's hot in the uh, online grocery pantry and produce departments, and uh, you'd do well to stock up on his recommendations. Here's Robert Schuler.
1: Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net.
0: Yeah, we're, we're circling back to talk once again in the winter season with Robert Schuler of Melissa's Produce um, in sunny California, I might add, <laughs> when we're packed in snow here in Pittsburgh. But um, I was interested, Robert, I'm always interested in knowing what's trending, what's new, what's available. Um, And and you sent me an an interesting mix of things. It seems people are really into um, snacking these days, right?
3: Yeah, you know, snacking and convenience uh, mark a lot of the trends, and especially the new products that we've introduced in the United States this past year. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, people, uh, you know, they're busy at work. They... Get home, uh, later in the evening and they just want something that's, uh, very convenient and easy, has a shorter cooking time. And, uh, you know, that brings me to the, the first, um, item that is trendy for this year. The specialty, um, potato category. Oh, those I love little those yellow potatoes. Um, yes. They, they have such a, a short cooking time. You don't have to skin them. You don't even have to cut them because they're so small. They're, they're like fat the marble. Yes, about the size of a, between a, like a ping pong ball and a quarter in size. So there's a peewee size, about the size of a quarter, and then there's a ping pong ball size um, for the Dutch yellow potatoes. That is our number one selling potato, and uh, sales have increased tremendously for these pantry favorite potatoes. They're wonderful.
0: They're, they're so potato y. I mean, just in that one bite. You've got all the flavor you've ever loved out of a potato. Now here, yeah, a funny, and you know,
2: here's, here's a funny thing. Go ahead, I I, I I read somewhere about potatoes and how he, how you could get them to be to be really good, and that was to parboil them and then and then put them in the refrigerator.
3: Oh, well, that's a different technique there. I mean, and you then, can boil them, saute them, barbecue them. There are so oh, many yeah. things that you can do, and they're so, they're so versatile, too. And the neatest thing is the baby potatoes, you don't have to skin. I think they're not no, as no, um, skin them. starchy as like a russet potatoes. Right. You know, um, But they're, they're flavorful. You don't have to add a lot of butter or anything like that, um, maybe a little salt and pepper if you like, even fresh herbs in, in, in lieu of uh, adding all that extra butter, which a lot of people do. So try to keep it healthier. Yeah, well, well we, our, we were our, healthy.
2: Our, our latest usage was, uh, I, 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 have a, I have a specialty called veal burgers. <laughs> and I made veal burgers mm-hmm. with, a, with a side of baby potatoes, big green peppers, and onions. Onions,
0: wonderful. And they were yeah. this sublime. They're, they're good cold, even. I think they're wonderful. Well, I'm glad potatoes are getting their their due. And it seems odd that the baby ones are coming in for potatoes when we've already passed that a long time ago when baby veggies were in. But we didn't have the baby potatoes then, did we?
3: Yeah, you know, the uh, baby potatoes, you know, people are always used to uh, enjoying a rice of potatoes, but. In the last two decades, I think uh, people have really come around and just seen the convenient use of these, you know. And then, of course, you have those trendy ones that are gem what we call gemstone. And the gemstone po- baby potatoes are the ones that are purple.
0: Oh, okay. I wonder
3: what uh, this White, gold. We even do them in a, a peewee medley as well. And those those four in particular with the Dutch yellow potatoes and the peewees are the most trendiest potato- baby potatoes here in the United States. Well, I think they're wonderful. Where are they they grown, Robert? They're all grown where potatoes are most known for because of the volcanic-rich soils, and that is the great state of Idaho. Okay.
0: Okay. Idaho. (laughs) And that's why, because of the volcanic soil?
3: Yes. Okay. So uh, looking in the vegetable category, some of the other exciting vegetables that we see trending there, I'm just going to mention a few and see if you want to talk a little bit more a celery root, which is actually the bulb of the celery, one of the most sustainable vegetables because not only do you eat the stock, which is your common celery, but mm-hmm. also the bulb itself. Chefs love to cook with it. People are now learning how to cook with it. It imparts yeah, We a love it.
0: We absolutely love it. If somebody could just tell me how, I could cut it more easily. it's They're so hard to cut.
3: Yes, well, um, you know, in particular, I think most people either use a knife, but um, I like to use a really good peeler because oh, really? once you get off the, the a, a vegetable peeler, because mm-hmm. once you just shave off the outside root, which looks, you know, like a, a root, oh, it you know, doesn't look yeah. for you, <laughs> then you have this big round bulb like the size of a something between an orange and a grapefruit, which you could just chop up, slice up, mandolin, Shredded, yes. Yeah, we, no, we however, we like s- to impart a celery-like taste without yeah. the hard crunch to it, like regular celery.
0: Yeah, we, we we had a salad we made for years that involved fennel, celeriac, and what was the third thing, rabbit? I don't remember. Another element. I remember, I remember
3: where, where we had it, but I don't remember what it was. It was turnip was. or rutabaga or parsnips, probably. Yeah, I think it was those turnip. Two, don't
2: know those we, those
3: particular root vegetables, you're all talking about root vegetables. They all pair really well together. You find them in a lot of stew ingredients. This is the time of the season that people work with a lot more of the root vegetables than any other time during the season because they're doing more at-home uh, crock-pots or oven or baking type uh, elements when they're cooking, you know, because you want the, you want the nice heat uh, uh, um, going on so you can enjoy it on a nice snowy day like it is out in Pittsburgh there.
0: <laughs> now tell us about um, all of a sudden it seems to me everybody's into dates. I mean, we've gotten uh, date syrup and um, date, all kinds of date stuff.
3: Um, yes. What, what's happening with dates? Okay, so dates has been the like the newest sweetener, uh, natural sweetener that people are using as an alternative to using whether you use sugar or those synthetic sweeteners or stevia or um, I hate honey that,
0: stevia.
3: or yeah. agave. You know um, the dates, and and if actually you pick you you pick up a. a some of the new products uh, that um, we, are, we introduced just recently to the United States, we do four new date products. We do organic module dates
0: yeah, that's right out of the package.
3: Like. We do organic pitted Degantinor dates, which is a, um, a different variety of module dates. They're smaller and a, and a bit sweeter. I think most sure. people are familiar with medjool dates and any other kinds, but I would yeah. try these delicate York dates as well. They're delicious. But we also take it one step further with the medjool dates, where we do the organic dates with a co- as a coconut roll, and yes. just ready to enjoy out of the package. And we also do an organic date almond roll in a convenient package. And you know whether you use the, you just um, put them on a, a cheese plate or a fruit plate, or use the dates and put them into a shake or a, a smoothie shake. as an alternative to adding any sugar.
0: Yes, um, and that has
3: how people are using dates have become so popular in the last couple of years to using it as an alternative instead of putting sugar or sweetener in um, when they're cooking. cooking.
0: With them putting it on Peter's granola in the morning, Robert. What what happened? What happened to the the dates that
2: we used to get when when I was a child? I have a long time ago. That was. Well, I come think, in, um, it used to come in sort of like a like a piece of the branch of the of the date tree, and it had right. dates on either yes. side. you you know what I'm talking about. Did yeah, they, yeah. Did they, they go don't, away? They
3: don't, you, yeah, they don't do dates like that anymore. That's how they grow, oh, okay. and then they, they used to sell them as bunches. But yes. people find out that you have to buy by the pound, and they don't want to oh, pay yeah. for the stems and everything like that. And, in okay, fact, so in most cases – Well, you
0: see, I yeah. wondered about that with Brussels sprouts, because that's what they sort of do with the Brussels
3: sprouts. Whole Foods was doing that for a while. And well, I, yeah, I wondered you how, get Brussels sprouts on the stock. It's yes. going to be a little bit more pricey because you're paying for the stock, but you're also going to get the freshest product as oh, well. I see. Uh, Brussels sprouts have a really long shelf life when refrigerated, um, but on the stock, the shelf life isn't as long. But when you bring it home, it's, it's pretty long because it's kept on the stock. But that's the freshest Brussels sprout out there. I see. So, okay. Yeah. Okay, now, yeah. But getting back to the dates and answering Peter's question there. Um, also, this is another thing. When you pull them, remember, Peter, when you pull them off the stem, you would also have to take out the um, the seed. A lot of them, with jewelry, yes. they'll have them pitted because kids accidentally buy into one and then they break a tooth and whatnot. Yeah, I almost
0: did that you know. with this batch. <laughs> we had some with the, the, the um,
3: stone in yeah. the seed. Yeah.
0: Wanted, so, like the, co- back, the date rolls
3: and Brussels. the almond yeah. rolls, they don't have many pits in them. So, you've got to make sure to see the package that you get if they're pitted or not, because um, right. you just I, don't want to break the teeth there. Sweet,
2: and I wanted, I wanted to go back to Brussels sprouts for just a second, because in in the part of England where my where my brother lives, the a very popular vegetable at the very end of the Brussels sprout system. Is what's called spring greens yeah and and, mm-hmm. and you you get a whole lot of spring greens
0: for a pound yeah I mean yeah. it's cheap you, and, you feel, yeah you feel like you broke the bank because you get they the, seem not to do that in the u.s. I'm, I've never seen spring well, greens
2: that's that, that was, that was where I was that was where I was headed oh. because if they can do it in England, they can do it here, I guess.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. why don't they? Do and it you know what? Right now, Peter, uh, we're getting into um, you know uh, the, the holiday season, uh, November, you know, with Thanksgiving and Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's. Um, that uh, Brussels sprouts are extremely popular, but we're getting to the peak of the season where you know most people see them as you know like a mini cabbage, right? And uh, they are just so popular now as an alternative to regular cabbage when doing a recipe for St. Patty's Day coming up in March. So that's something to look forward to as well. Right. But um, Brussels sprouts are just so popular during the winter months because, you know, you really have to cook them and cook them well. And, you know, uh, you can add, like, uh, bacon, which a lot of people do. But you can add, instead of adding that and keeping them vegetarian – You can do, like, dried fruits, like dried cranberries, a little olive oil, salt and pepper. You don't have to do a lot to them to make them really delicious, though.
0: You know, something you can do um, for vegan, if you don't want to, um, if you don't want any um, ham in it, is use some pimenton, the smoked paprika. It makes it um, smoky tasting. Mm. It works. I bet. bet. Yeah. So let's talk about your health the things i mean, we have um pistachios by the way are among the healthiest of nuts but um i'm talking now you sent us also uh, ginger and turmeric turmeric is probably my most favorite thing i mean i love it i i sliced it up in very thin and into green tea um and, yes. and i use i use a lot of uh,
3: ginger and everything too yes so was, um, now does Melissa now does, talking to that, Melissa now does organic turmeric on a year-round basis in a grab-and-go package. We've always been known for the last few years and trending with, um, uh, with conventional turmeric. But then in the last couple years, we started to get some organic turmeric. But now that turmeric is so popular, you can now find it completely Melissa's organic turmeric on a year-round basis in a grab-and-go package. It's one of our newer items there. And, you know, turmeric, just like ginger, as you mentioned, a little goes a long way, and and there's just so many, not only from a flavor profile, but so many good benefits um, uh, that are associated with those particular root vegetables. I had a cookbook
0: someone sent us about spices, and they called turmeric the hero spice. It does so much good for wellness and mm-hmm. health. So I love yes. it. We put it in, where is it from, the, the recipe? We put it in chicken soup, which is really cool. Oh, tough, okay. Ye- Ye-
2: Yemeni chicken soup.
0: Yemeni chicken yeah. soup. So if you're thinking chicken soup is a cure for the cold in, in a cold winter's night, try it with the turmeric in it. It's very good. Sliced fresh or even the powder. So now the other thing that kind of surprised me um, was um, you you had um, these packages of crepes, and you had packages of hollandaise sauce, which I had never seen before. I always used to make it from scratch, which is a pain.
3: Oh, okay, yeah. Those, um, as I mentioned at the beginning of our um, conversation in regards to how convenience has become so popular Oh yeah. Um and the first of all uh, one of our uh products that we introduced about 5 years ago is a hollandaise sauce in a little package. You're going to find it by the asparagus in your local produce department. Not only can you use it on asparagus that's usually like most popular as an elegant side dish, um You'll also find it by the broccoli and cauliflower. You can also use it with baby potatoes as well. So it's a little value added package that's right next to one of those items there. Um, you know, this is one of those ingredients that people don't know how to make or they find it too difficult it's to make. It's a lot of work. Just, it, you it, know, we, and we it's one more thing Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you have to mix it just so, or it just doesn't come out right, um, you know. Exactly. So, and then the other product, yes, we do those value-added crepes. We've been doing those for a long time. The crepes, which is kind of like a very flat pancake, they're very popular in Europe, especially in France. They use it for desserts. Or you can also not only use it with fruit in a de- for a dessert, but you can also use it in a savory dish, like with asparagus, um, and whatnot. But most popular than not, you're going to find the Melissa's crepes, the French style crepes, the round in, in, um, in shape. There's about 12 in a package and you just kind of peel them off really easily. Crepes is one of those difficult things to make. We just try to make it easier, but you're going to find them usually right next to the berries, the blueberries, the blackberries, the strawberries. You can also sometimes find them by the bananas. It, it, it allows for a healthier dessert product, um, Um, versus, you know, something like ice cream or cake. And these are the crepes that are ready to go in the produce department. the only, like, dessert product you will find in a a produce department. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you do with
0: them? I mean, they don't even have to be heated. They have a really long shelf
3: life as well. No, they're shelf-stable. You just peel one out of the package. This is what I like to typically do. You peel one out of the package – you make a little cream, or you can use spray whipping cream or whatever, and then uh, add cut fruit—bananas, strawberries, blueberries, um, any type of berry or fruit that you really like. Roll it up, and then you have an elegant dessert crepe. Nice. It's that easy.
2: That's yeah. Easy. You have to be careful. You don't spill, don't chew on it and spill it on your trousers, though. <laughs>
3: you do that <laughs> <laughs> not if you are uh, doing like uh, pomegranates you can put pomegranate arrow oh, in geez. it you can cut kiwi yeah the pomegranate juice will make a mess on your white clothing especially so yes oh. uh peter stay away from the pomegranate arrows when you're making crepes with cream <laughs> and like that.
0: so now um Tell me, uh, what is the difference exactly between a regular lemon, yellow skin lemon, and a Meyer lemon?
3: Okay. Yes, because you're touching upon how Meyer lemons is one of the free trends this year in particular. Okay. So the... Typical lemon, uh, most often than not, it's either a Eureka or a Lisbon variety. Those have a thick skin and a seed inside that's typically available year round. That's the common lemon. However, these the chef lemon, what they call, and these are called Meyer lemons. Another reason why they become so popular is because now we carry them on a year round basis. And um, that's one thing that Melissa's is always known for, is introducing a, a product to the marketplace and then providing it to be available to consumers or chefs uh, on a year-round basis. Meyer lemons are now available on a year-round basis. Now, their skin is a little bit more shinier versus a, a dull yellow skin. Also, when you cut into it, it is much thinner. In in uh, sk- it, The skin is much thinner. Um, it's very... Um, it has a lot of aroma, but the, this is the neat thing about Meyer lemons. They're more sweeter and less acidic, hence it's a good cooking lemon. Um, you can use the peel. It has a sweeter peel if you're, if you're using a zest. Uh, but overall, chefs love to use Meyer lemons over conventional lemons when they're cooking or when they're making desserts because of the sweetness of them.
0: But they're also very popular for uh, preserved lemons.
3: Yes, yes, they are. But um, you'll find them out there in the marketplace under Melissa's Meyer Lemons, now on a year-round basis, and we're excited about that. That's great. Now, um,
0: I keep bugging you about this, and you keep ignoring me. Um, I get confused over the different varieties of lemons. Of persimmons. Mm -hmm. Could you tell, could you break that down?
3: Oh, sure, sure. Yes, um, there's um, actually uh, three main varieties of persimmons in the United States. There's, um, and um, we just finished the California season, so now we're getting into the import season. So there's a persimmon that's larger and heart shaped, that is the Hachia variety. It gets very mushy, and that's when you know, when it gets mushy, that it's ready to eat. Then there's the persimmon. Huh? There's one that's hard, which is that? Yes, now I'm getting to that. There's one that's (laughs) firmer, and it looks more like a flat tomato. That particular variety is called the Fuyu variety, F-U-F, excuse me, F. -f 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 U, Y, U. Fuyu variety. So that's the tomato flat one, and it always is, tends to be a little firmer. And then the third variety that we have them when it's the domestic season out of California is the cinnamon variety, which is, um, looks somewhere between the Fuyu and the, the Hachia, uh, in size. It's a little lighter in color and orange, but they're all orange on the inside, and they pretty much all cut orange on the inside. Now that we're out of the domestic season of persimmons, we're now in the imported season. So currently, right now, we now have the Spanish, um, what they call Sharon fruit. But the Sharon fruit is just the Fuyu variety, which is the firm, uh, looks like a, a, a flat tomato, orange on the outside, orange on the inside.
0: Well, do you have to cook any of the hard varieties?
3: Now, the, 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 the hard ones you can cook with as well, but, the, um, uh, but most often than not, they like to use – you. Uh, most people who are baking with persimmons like to use the soft, mushy ones that are the hachia. Uh, you know, it's kind of like cooking a – when you cook with bananas, you wait until they turn black. And the oh, yeah. same is true when you're cooking with persimmons. So – You have a a Fuyu persimmon that typically is really firm. You really want to keep it on your counter for a long time for it to kind of soften up, and then you can cook with it as well.
2: Fuyu sounds kind of
3: rude. (laughs) It's an interesting name. It's it's an Asian name, variety. I don't make it up. So, um, yeah. But it makes it so confusing because the imports that come in from Spain, from Europe, and Israel – they call them sharon fruit. They spell it sharon, S-H-A-R-O-N, and those are the ones you'll now find in produce departments across the country. It's a little harder to find because they're imported in now that our domestic season's over. But um, in the spring, uh, we'll, now, we'll get the Chilean season, and they call uh, them fuyu persimmons, which is the main variety that's available during the springtime.
0: Well, it it's certainly has to stay up on this stuff. I mean, it's, um, I've mean, i been telling everybody, by the way, that I know that, that's interested in things like that, um, about pink pineapples. I, mean, I
3: think they're wonderful. But it,
0: you look at them, and you don't think it's going to taste like a pineapple because it's pink.
3: Yes. And that not only is one of the newer fruits in the United States, we introduced it in the fall of 2019, um, it's actually the number one selling one online. Now you've got to understand uh, that pink pineapples are rare. Um, it wasn't until earlier this year they actually are were starting to be able to find them in some of the retail stores because they're so rare. Majority of them you can only find on at on online.
0: For oh really?
3: So if you go, yeah. So if you go to melissa's.com, you'll have your uh, rare chance. To purchase one, I just wanted to let you know they're a little bit pricey. But let me tell you what makes them so special, other than the fact they're rare. They come from Costa Rica, where most pineapples come from. Uh They're a newer variety introduced into the marketplace. They are not acidic like a regular pineapple. Well, I thought they
0: were sweeter. I mean, I I guess was limited in how I could describe them, but I thought sweeter was... And they were also easier to handle. They, um, they were easier to peel and everything. I loved it.
3: Yes, and that's true. That's the thing. With the low acidity, they have a high sweetness content. So if you want a pineapple that has high sweetness and low acidity without bothering your gums like, um, like some other, uh, like your regular common pineapple, oh, yeah. try this pink pineapple at Melissa's.com. And um, you know we try to carry them year-round, but the thing is, is that we only are being able to send in so many every week, which which makes it difficult to be able to distribute it in the stores. But you'll be able to find it online. And one thing that you'll do when you receive a pink pineapple, it will not have the green top on top. The reason oh. for that is because yeah, you told the gromer, me that once. Yes, they chop I off forgot. the top of the green pineapple. You know, because you don't eat the green uh, leaves that grow on the pineapple. They're, you know, they're just leaves. Yeah, they're jaggy and, and what pineapple. they do is they replant it, and that's how you replant a pineapple, is by cutting off the top and putting it back in the dirt. And so they're working on growing the crop even bigger in the coming years.
0: Well, do they do they have a machine to do that? Because it's always very labor-intensive.
3: Uh. They just use, like, a, a blade, like a machete. It, it uh-huh. cuts off really fast. So they don't want to cut it off so the fruit is exposed. They cut it yeah, off right. the green at the bottom of green tip. So when you receive your pineapple, you might see one little leaf hanging out or whatnot because you don't want to expose the fruit. So the, it, these pink pineapples will come in a really pretty box, all protected with a cold oh, yeah, pack. They'll yeah. ship to you. You receive it. You can keep it on the counter for a few days, or if you like your pineapple chilled, put it in the refrigerator a few hours before you're about to enjoy it or the night before, and then enjoy your first experience with a pink pineapple. <laughs> yeah, And, and uh, listening to your
0: presentation, um, uh, uh, you do. how often do you do that presentation on New and Trendy
3: for Melissa's
0: I, on YouTube? I only
3: do it yes i only do the uh, my annual uh new new produce trends and new products every year at the beginning of january okay, so, so if people you go, to can our go YouTube on youtube, channel, YouTube you be, yeah if you go to our youtube you'll be able to hear the whole presentation about each and every product. we're just touching upon a couple of them and going into detail and we're also touching upon some of our newest products here
0: yeah I didn't know there were so many varieties of dragon fruit until I listened to that presentation so do you'll learn lots of things uh, listeners if you go on and, and listen to the Melissa's presentation on uh, trends and popular uh, produce once the annual report um, well, as always, you are a delight <laughs> the only time you've ever failed me, I might tell you. <laughs> Was what I wanted the that funny kind of strawberries? Not the white ones. They had another name. It was the white ones, but they had another name. Pineberries. What, what was it called?
3: Pineberries. Okay.
0: Well, <laughs>
3: you you didn't
0: get me any of those, and you didn't. You seem to actually not be that happy with them.
3: Um, you know, it has a very short window, window. they're very expensive, we, we import them in, and, uh, you know, they taste like a strawberry. I yeah, why do the
0: Japanese love them so much? I mean, they would pay, how much do they sell them for a piece
3: per strawberry, well, how much? Oh, yeah, okay, now you're talking about the Japanese strawberries. They have yes. white ones, they have pink ones, and they have red ones. That's different from the little white pine berry. The white Japanese strawberries, which we happen to have some in right now, um, they they cost about a dollar or two each. You get them in a a pack of nine, and it's like $15. It's crazy. (laughs) But there's a market out there that enjoys them, and, uh, you know, they're very sweet, but they're very pretty. They actually look like they're fake, but... (laughs) <laughs> They're uh, real strawberries, and we import them all the way from Japan. Japan really loves their large, pretty berries, and uh, uh-huh. that's where we've been getting them uh, sporadically throughout the year. Well,
2: I'll tell you, you're a wealth of knowledge. It's so funny, we we had we have a semi infestation of what we thought were wild strawberries
0: in, oh, our, no, in, no, our, no.
2: in our little city garden, and it turned it turned mm-hmm. out I I looked I look them up on online. And they said they're not, they're not really strawberries, and they and don't poisonous. taste very good. And they're poisonous. I don't know, they, they said they were poisonous, but they didn't I taste, think they said they were they poisonous. They didn't taste very good anyway, so... Oh, wow. Oh, did you wow. taste okay, one? Okay,
3: well, well they're there's such as a wild strawberry. They call them fruit de bois, which is right. Yeah, I know what that is, but we used to pick strawberry. those
0: in uh, Long Island.
3: Yeah. And they're uh, very small, and they're... White, there's white ones, and there're red ones. They're very yeah, small. They look like it. a strawberry that hasn't formed up, but they don't get any bigger. And they're extremely tart versus yeah. sweet. But I don't. They're extremely I'm not sure
0: hard to pick. Different. I can tell you from having to pick them. Oh. <laughs> very hard to pick.
3: <laughs> yeah, so uh, a lot of yeah, and those of, are scrunch- yeah, it's yeah. A lot but, of And I only see them in the farmer's markets usually only in the summertime here in California there. So I'm not sure if it's the exact same thing you're referring to there, uh, Ann and Peter.
0: Uh, But if
3: they're poisonous, I would stay away from them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's one danger of um, foraging your salads in your back garden, especially in an area where there's so many poisonous plants like where we (laughs) are. Yeah, a so little goes a long way. Yeah. So listen.
3: I, 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 yeah. Okay? Go ahead.
0: No, I was just saying. I mean, I always learn something from you. Uh, let us know if you discover anything unusual, um, and and I'm, I need a new source of um, cactus pears because Dorigo's is not doing them anymore. <laughs>
3: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, but we actually carry uh, red cactus pears on a year-round basis. So I'm more than happy. Uh, you can find them on Melissa's dot com and a ton of recipes. But just let me know. Uh, Anne, well, they're if beautiful. Enough, if you,
0: the way Dorigas would. I mean, they were all colors. They were purple, red, orange. You know, they were so pretty.
3: But so you could. Yes, make, I'm familiar with those different varieties. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, we don't get them back in the springtime. We only have two main types, and those are red cactus pears and green cactus pears. But the green cactus pears, they're not as sweet and flavorful. Uh, the green cactus pears maybe represent about 5% of the crop. So I can always get you red cactus pears. Just let me know.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, Robert Schuller, again, thank you. And hello to all the people at Melissa's. It's a wonderful company.
3: Well, thank you, Ann and Peter, for having me on again.
0: Yeah, we love you. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap again. Uh, And don't forget, have a happy Valentine's Day and stock your pantry and fridge. Um, And until. Next week, same time, same place, tune in, and until then, bye-bye.